Gigante comes up to a narrow advantage. Nagarok down the outside. Major Dude still battling on. Gigante looking to pull the upset down the outside. Nagarok. Gigante just in front. Nagarok trying to wear him down. Gigante still there. Gigante held on. Races, powered by The Racing Biz, your independent voice for racing and breeding in the Mid-Atlantic. On the web at theracingbiz.com. On the radio, on ESPN Richmond, it's off to the races. Here's Nick Hahn. And we're not there yet in California for the Breeders' Cup. That's next week, but we're going to California the Breeders' Cup pre-entries are out, coming out this week, narrowing down the list of horses uh, on horse racing's biggest day. That'll be racing at Santa Anita next week. We'll get a jump on that on this edition of Off to the Races. Thanks for spending your Saturday morning with us. It still feels a little bit like Friday night. Uh, coming off the Hampton-Sydney tip-off banquet last night, getting a great start to the uh, upcoming season uh, but got up early here to go through you heard Giganti probably uh, to me there's not even a real probability to this Giganti pulling off maybe the most significant win in Colonial Downs's history uh, winning the Secretariat Stakes as a Virginia bred for that $500,000 purse back on August 12th on Arlington Million Day at Colonial Downs came back ran in the Virginia Derby not as great as an effort probably because his odds went down this horse always seems to win when his odds are at a big price like he did in the secretariat stakes at nearly 23 to 1 like he did um, in the uh, Caesars handicap uh, out at Indiana Downs when he was 33 to 1 this horse just wins when he's 12 to 1 today so we're getting up there Uh, the the more the odds go up I like his chances Uh, Giganti running today in the Bryan Station at Keeneland we're going to speak with the trainer of Giganti who knows a little bit about the Breeders Cup himself in about 20 minutes or so Steve Asmussen who has won two Breeders Cup Classics uh, will join us to speak about Gigante's chances today and the horses he has lined up for the Breeders' Cup next week. Uh, Good night, Society, Clarier, all running in the Breeders' Cup. He would have liked to have Echo Zulu, but uh, ac- accident that happened in working is uh, now caused uh, this horse to be retired the winner of the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies who ran so well this year Uh, we'll have a lot more from Steve Asmussen later in the show another horse Asmussen doesn't have one in the Breeders' Cup Classic, but a trainer we know very well at Colonial Downs does, and that's Michael Stidham. We'll uh, talk to him in about 10 or 15 minutes or so. Michael Stidham has Proxy, who's early line 25 to 1. He might like that as well. Uh, We'll go over some of the long shots that have won the Breeders' Cup Classic when we talk to him in about 10 minutes or so. Dan Chansky, it is a 
big day. You'll hear in just a moment how big of a day it's Shenandoah Downs as they close out their meet up in Woodstock and uh, we'll speak with Dan Chansky who has a horse in one of the uh, big races the $87,000 purse running tomorrow but has some six or seven horses running today uh, as an owner and breeder uh, down in Keysville, Virginia we'll talk to him in the late half of the show and of course Frank Vespi who did a great job holding down this chair last week uh, as I had a little cross-country excursion of Frank Vespi uh, will join us in about 30 minutes or so. So uh, just a, um, a big week coming up, a big day today. The International Gold Cup uh, is today up in the Plains. Uh, we'll have a little bit about that on the show as well. But uh, looking back uh, at the entries that came out this week, uh, the Breeders' Cup draw, by the way, is at 7.30 on Monday. This is when they actually get the post positions and the fields get set. Uh, there'll be some AEs that can still get in, but basically uh, you're either in or you're out uh, by the post position draw on Monday evening, which will be aired on FanDuel TV. One of those draws will be the Juvenile Turf Sprint. And in the pre-entries, we have No Name Mets. Uh, who won this race at Colonial Downs, the Rosies run over the summer. They turn to the top of the stretch. No Name Etz just in front, trying to put away King Conti, but a fresh challenge in Tupi on the outside. No Name Etz comes to the furlong pole, length and a half to the good. Tupi is second. Down the outside, Air Recruit runs Sebastian, trying to run on with that midnight, but a final 16th to go, and No Name Etz is pulling clear here. No Name Etz in front now, three and a half lengths. Tupi going to try to hold second. No Name Etz. Nice win here, won it by three in the end. Jason Beam with the call there, not the Kansas backup quarterback, uh, but actually the uh, uh, track announcer at Colonial Downs with a call there. No name Mets. Impressive uh, win, easy win at Colonial Downs over the summer is uh, going to make a go at it in a juvenile turf sprint. Uh, good luck with uh, those connections there uh, as no name Mets. George Weaver, the trainer there, uh, Breeder uh, Coolmore, um, they're headed for the juvenile turf sprint. Another horse from Colonial Downs that uh, got entered and this is in the Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint is No Balls uh, and No Balls uh, actually won the DeHaas Stakes at Colonial Downs this summer. This is what Jason Beam uh, experienced calling this race as they turn into the stretch. SuperQuest still the leader. Alagon Nobles chasing second and third. High Limit Rooms in behind that with Biz Biz Buzz who's making a rally as well. Final furlong time now. Here's Alagon up to come and confront. SuperQuest on the front end. Down the outside Nobles. Alagon. SuperQuest down toward the inside. Nobles getting on track late. Here comes Nobles charging after Alagon. Alagon Nobles on the outside. They drive to the wire. Nobles look to get up in the last jump. Trainer Larry Ravelli uh, has Nobles ready for the Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint, uh, which actually will be run, I think this is one of the races run after the Breeders' Cup Classic. So uh, good luck to those connections. A couple of horses from Colonial Downs. We'll, we, we've started previewing the Breeders' Cup earlier this month because with 14 championship races, there's no way we can do it on next week's show. Derby Bill, by the way, for an extended segment next week on Off to the Races, our final show of the season and um we just have to get started early there's just you have to do that when you're looking at such a big day of racing 
just want to go off script here before we reach out to Daryl Wood just a little bit, a little executive uh, privilege. I mentioned earlier the tip-off banquet at, uh, for Hampton Sydney that was held in Richmond last night. And uh, just a great job by, by Corey Alexander hosting and uh, being the guest speaker for uh, that tip-off banquet. He was uh, genu genuous and genuine uh, and just a great guest for uh for the tip-off banquet, uh, those the, one of the things I love about uh, doing this show is that it's off-season to um, well, the horse racing season never ends. It's for the show. It's basically off-season for uh, basketball season. That of course starts the Monday after the Breeders' Cup. Perfect uh, on the calendar and the Hampton Sydney Randolph making games this year. Uh, try and get your tickets early. They are gonna be battles, especially considering Hampton Sydney got top bidding uh, in the preseason poll, and uh, I'm not sure how that happens with the success that Randolph Macon um, has had over the years. I, that's far from being bulletin board material. I think uh, Josh Merkel is maybe painting those rankings on the silos up there in Ashland to get uh, Randolph Macon motivated as if they needed any, but uh, yeah, to to be the man, you got to beat the man, and uh, I think in Ashland and in Farmville, they both know about that, so uh, a little sidetrack there, a little uh, executive privilege, but just wanted to uh, uh, convey the, you know, just a great outing uh, yesterday. Really uh, went there with uh, high expectations and left uh, late because it was just so much fun uh, hearing all the guys uh, and seeing all the players. The uh, Daryl Wood is um, up in Woodstock, Virginia. He's looking for the wire himself on a very extended run that started, well, it started in the spring. I think he got maybe a little bit of a break, a small refresher during the Triple Crown, then the meet at Colonial Downs starts, um, and of course the harness meet rolling right after that, some steeplechase events littered in there. Daryl, good morning, and uh, uh, yeah, you, the wire's just there in front of you. I think you're out of the turn and headed into that short stretch at, at Woodstock. Uh, a great weekend to conclude uh, a meet that has just been solid up there. Yeah, it is, Nick. We're in the closing weekend, and uh, tomorrow we've actually got the richest card in the history of Virginia harness racing. Over $800,000 will be given away in uh, tomorrow's card, the Virginia Breeders' Championship. So really looking forward to that. We're going to end uh, with some nice, warm, summer-like weather and uh, a pair of 14 race cards. So we're definitely ending the right way. Yeah, I mean, today it looked maybe a little preoccupation with our Harrisonburg listeners with Top 25 JMU uh, playing tonight at, uh, at 8 o'clock. Uh, but tomorrow, when you wake up, um, you know, great opportunity to see many of these races ranging between 85 and 90,000 in, in purse money uh, on Sunday. Uh, we're going to speak with Dan Chansky later in the show. Uh, I think he has won tomorrow in one of the bigger races at 25 to 1. Uh, so um, it, what can uh, race goers expect uh, this weekend? Trick well, yeah, trunk? Just, uh, hopefully, some, hopefully some big crowds, <laughs> uh, lots of betting opportunities. But, it's uh, you know, the colors here are just at uh, nearly the peak. So it's just a wonderful setting up here in the Shenandoah Valley right now. But we're running from 1 o'clock to 5 o'clock. Today and tomorrow, if you can't make it out here, obviously you can bet it on TVG and Twin Spires Express Bet. 
all the Rosie's locations. And, uh, you know, we're just looking forward to a good, safe weekend, as they are at the Gold Cup. Uh, up in uh, the Plains today, where they've got a big eight-race card, again, under this amazing uh, summer-like weather. So this is a great weekend for Virginia horse racing. Yeah, and you can bet the Gold Cup. Um, I was seeing there uh, through uh, at least Twin Spires and the... Um, yep. The, the, I mean, some horses, some very familiar names. Mr. Jefferson uh, running in the opener. Uh, you have Gospel Way, a number of horses I was going through before the show. Bofo Kid. These are all horses that uh, Giants Bame is a horse tra- that used to be uh, trained by uh, Sarah Nagel, who's, who's now uh, going over the hedges as well. Master McGrath. Uh, just kind of going through here. Uh, Wes Newton won at Foxfield, but uh, when you start looking at the uh, at the big races, the International Gold Cup for seventy five thousand, which has Scudic in it, and then you got Snap Decision. Yeah, Snap Decision uh, nearing that million dollar uh, status as a uh, I think at forty one starts so far. So he'll be getting a little bit closer to that figure today. But you know that the the, the uh, Gold Cup has had some weather issues the last uh, couple three runnings, so. Boy, do they deserve a day like today? Just and you can buy tickets at the gate first time in many years. You can just go up and buy a general admission ticket right there. So, uh, a lot of stuff to look forward to this weekend. Yeah, lots of racing. It just hadn't stopped, and the Breeders' Cup is in front of us. So, uh, have a have a great weekend up at Wood- Daryl Woodstock, uh, <laughs> your last one, and then uh, you'll finally get a break. Uh, you'll actually be able to to watch the Breeders' Cup maybe and and uh, get a little bit of a break. I know it's been quite a run for you. You know, we're looking at the Breeders' Cup, five stakes winners from Colonial Downs are running in the Breeders' Cup races next Friday and Saturday. So that's the most ever and. It puts a whole kind of a local spin on the Breeders' Cup festivities next weekend. So definitely looking forward to a couple fun days. Absolutely. Daryl Wood, thanks a lot. Have a great weekend up at Woodstock and 1 o'clock post time both days. Free parking, free admission. Thank you, Nick. We'll talk soon. Great. Daryl Wood joining us from Woodstock, Virginia. And, uh, yeah, just, I mean, any type of racing, it's going on right now. Over the hedges uh, with the Sulkies and, of course, in the Breeders' Cup. And joining us now on Off to the Races, we uh, mentioned this uh, trainer that uh, supports Colonial Downs, especially in the 2.0 edition of Colonial Downs, and he has a horse that is going to be running in the Breeders' Cup Classic, uh, a race that is just has a major three-year-old influence. He doesn't have one. He has uh, he doesn't have a three-year-old. He has a, a five-year-old that has been running well all summer, very consistent. Michael Stidham joins us now, and Mike, good morning. Hey, good morning, Nick. Thanks for having me on. Hey, it was great catching up with you last week at Keeneland. Uh, you and TC, of course, uh, your loyal sidekick that just does hard working, does a, a lot of a great job for you here uh, as your ambassador here at Colonial Downs during the meet. But um, let's uh, let's maybe get into proxy here a little bit. Uh, this is a horse. Uh, he's 25 to one uh, in the Breeders' Cup uh, before they do the draw. Just a morning line I found this morning. But I want to give you a couple other names here: Drosselmeyer, Pleasantly Perfect, Ball Pony, Alphabet Soup, even Cat Thief, and of course Arcon was 
what 133 to one back in 1993 uh, the breeders cup i mean uh, a lot of people talk about the triple crown but the breeders cup is capable of pulling off a big upset you must uh be encouraged by that well look the exciting thing about the breeders cup is in most all these races there it goes so deep um you know you've got grade one winners uh, that are going to be 15, 20 to 1 in every race. Um, you know, all well-deserving uh, horses that have earned their way to the big day. And, um, you know, look, they they can't all be 8 to 5. Uh, so someone's going to be a little bit bigger price. And, uh, you know, Proxy's been a little bit, uh, a little bit like the Rodney Dangerfield uh, of racing because he doesn't get as much respect as he probably should. Um, and, you know, a lot of it's brought on by himself because, you know, he, he sometimes uh, he puts himself in positions where he, he just gives himself too much to do, and he's always coming um, down the stretch and sometimes just doesn't, uh, you know, uh, isn't able to get there in time. Like his last race in Saratoga, you know, he got beat a nose and um, just really just came up just slightly short at the end but always running hard Santa Anita handicap same thing coming flying down the middle of the racetrack and second beating the head and um, those are the kind of things that have happened to him but then you know in the Clark when he won the grade one um, you know he was the best horse that day so um, we're hoping for you know the proxy that get gets up in time um, to show up that day I'm sure you're. Uh, you mentioned the Clark, and I'm kind of looking at his recent racing history here. That was a race run about this time last year. And then Pegasus World Cup. I mean, that's a tough race uh, to kick off the the 2023 uh, campaign, the Santa Anita. But it was. Is this race? This is the result you're looking for. This is the Oaklawn handicap that was run in April. Let's uh, let's listen yeah. to this stretch call. Proxy is not responding much. They straighten away at the top of the stretch in the Oakland Handicap. And right on the inside, Last Samurai trying to move through. He brushed the rail. Here's Chargent moving up. Stiletto Boy still there. Some rough housing in the upper stretch. Meanwhile, Senor Buscador, Proxy is coming on on the far outside. Here comes Proxy. Proxy and Joel Rosario rallying on the far outside. And he almost got there. He may have gotten there. Last Samurai was right with him. Stiletto Boy was third. Proxy on the outside adds the cheek pieces. He rallied late in the Oaklawn handicap. I'll save you the suspense. He did win the race there, Michael. <laughs> I had to laugh at the track announcer. Even, not not responding well at the top of the sure. stretch. Go ahead. Right, right. Well, no, and that's, again, that's that's Proxy. He'll, it's, uh, in some of his races, he even breaks decent puts himself in a good spot and then middle of the backside he just drops the bit drops back and uh and then you know rosario has been able to figure out that if he can get him out um you know out in the clear and tip him out uh where he's got clear sailing he will come with a furious run um down the lane and you know like i said uh, proxies his own his own worst enemy um, because of of the positions he puts himself in, but um, you know, again, we're we're looking for the, the the good trip that gives him a chance to come running down the middle of the racetrack uh, late in the, in the race.
and get and gets up in time. We got one more positive thought for you going into the Breeders' Cup. This is the Mammoth Cup, which was run in September. Uh, let's listen to the call of this one. Tribune is still in front, 111 and 4 for three quarters of a mile. Never Explained was tugging at Luis Saez and Never Explained is ready to challenge at the top of the lane. Tribune's got to dig deep down towards the inside. Never Explained has put a nose in front. Speaking Scout is going with this rival as well. It's Never Explained who's got the lead. Here comes Speaking Scout up on the outside. Side. Also launching his catnip. It's never explained. In between horses, speaking scout. Catnip trying to catch up both. Catnip got up. Catnip oh, gets some, up in time. That, Somehow we got your other actually, horse. Yeah, that was my <laughs> other horse at, at Mammoth. But um, uh, yeah, Catnip got, got up that day. Uh, yeah, somehow we picked up. I picked up the wrong. Uh, maybe got the Mama Stakes versus the Mammoth Cup, but um, right. yeah. So, uh, but yeah, he wins the Mammoth Cup, but comes back, finishes second in the Jockey Club Gold Cup at uh, at um, Saratoga. How was his work this morning? He understood uh, that he worked. He did he get to work uh, sort of just in pairs, or did you have like a unexpected uh, foursome again, like the, the work no, last no. week? Yeah. <laughs> This morning's work was just planned, uh, him by himself. Uh, and Joel Rosario did come out for the work. We got it in in, in the dark at 545 because we were worried about um, some rain showers. Um, but we got it on a dry, uh, fast track, and he went really well. 48-2 and two for the half, galloped out 101-1, and one, and, um, you know, good energy through the stretch. Uh, Joel came back with a big smile on his face and declared him uh, ready to go. He ships, uh, is it Monday? He, he'll he fly out Monday and um, get there and uh, have a few days to gallop over the track, school in the paddock, and uh, be ready to go. Yeah. Well, great. Um, good luck out there at Santa Anita and uh, uh for your barn with TC and uh, you know rooting for you, your only starter in the Breeders' Cup this year, and uh, hopefully uh, you, you get one of these results. You'll get a Vol Pony or Cat Thief or uh, Pleasantly Perfect. Uh, I, I think he'll be about fifteen, probably fifteen to one. Uh, yeah, that's sometime. that's my guess. Yeah, that's my guess. Probably around there. But you know, look, like I said. You, in all these Breeders' Cup races, you get such great value because there's so many good horses in these in all these races that um, you know there's going to be some that are you know uh, better odds than what they should be, and that's where the value comes in for uh, from the gambling end of it. Yeah, yeah. What do you make about you know it's sort of an odd year for the classic? I mean, uh, lots of talented three-year-olds here. And not, you know, you look across at some of the older horses, you know, maybe that's your edge here. You know, White Oberio yeah. is kind of, you know, foot problems here and there. Uh, yeah. You know, you have a Derma Sotogaki coming in from Japan. and uh, But, you know, what do you make? Uh, that is an edge that you have. You have an older horse uh, going up against three-year-olds. Well, look, there's no flight lines uh, in, in this race. There's no standout like last year with flight lines. So, you know, you've got horses, uh, you know, like Arabian Knight. He, I know he's a three-year-old, but uh, an Archangelo that, you know, are both up-and-coming 
Um, but for the older horses, um, you know, there's no real there's no real standout. These horses have kind of been running against each other and beat and taking turns beating each other. So, um, you know, I like I said, I, I'm I feel like I'm in a good spot with Proxy, and um, if he gets the trip he needs, and uh, Rosario gets uh, you know gets him to kick into gear, um, I think we've got a huge chance to win the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A good angle there. Um, good luck uh, next week. We appreciate you joining us on Off to the Races and uh, stay cool and dry at uh, Keeneland today. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. Thanks again, Nick. Great. Michael Stidham joining us on Off to the Races Proxy next week in the Longines Breeders' Cup Classic. Our next guest knows a little bit about not only racing in the Breeders' Cup, but winning a couple of them. And that's Steve Asmussen, who now joins us on Off to the Races. Uh, before we delve into the Breeders' Cup, let's talk about his big horse of the meet at Colonial Downs over the summer. Not the best of meets at Colonial Downs, but then he turns around and pulls off the training job on the most significant winner uh, in Virginia racing history at Colonial Downs with Giganti uh, winning the Secretariat Stakes uh, back in August uh, as a 22 to over a 22 to one shot. Steve Asmussen joins us on Off to the Races. Steve, thank you for joining us. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, um, Giganti, a uh, little bit of a disappointment perhaps in the Virginia Derby, finishing sixth uh, when his odds uh, came down a little bit from that Secretariat Stakes uh, victory. So he goes back up to 12-1, to 1, but that's exactly how this horse likes it if, uh, if, if he was the wagering type. He likes that big price because he always seems to pull off uh, upsets at those big prices. How do you uh, feel about his chances today in the Bryan Station today going a mile? Uh, it's an awfully tough race, a very competitive field. But as you mentioned, he maybe he's just waiting for his odds to go up again. His two victories this year, he was 33-1 to 1 and 22-1. to 1 when he won the uh, secretariat but he, he needs a, the proper setup you know um obviously uh it appears to be quite a bit of pace in the race a uh, little bit of drizzle uh today course is um a little softer than i think is ideal um but uh he's been training well yeah i mean this the, the horse came back and he, he runs in the Virginia Derby at a mile and an eighth. Uh, it looks like the the extra eighth mattered. I mean, he wins at a mile on a on a pretty regular basis. Was that just the the deciding factor, perhaps, in the Virginia Derby? That's why you brought him back to a mile here. Well, I, I, his two stakes wins this year are at a mile. I think that uh, his success at Colonial um, made the had us take the chance in the Virginia Derby, but it is quite obvious he has has is better at a mile than he is a mile and an eighth. Now, uh, Giganti is uh, 
you know, he's in your barn, Virginia bred, and, and just a, a great story with the breeding there with Smitten Farm and, and Bill Backer here in Virginia. So uh, good luck today uh, with Giganti in the, in the Bryan Station at Keeneland. Want to delve into the Breeders' Cup here a little bit. Uh, we'll start a little bit with your back history in the Breeders' Cup, going back to the 2007 uh, Breeders' Cup Classic when uh, you won that with Curlin, one of my all-time horses, namely because he uh, he finally got the better of Street Sense, Derby Bill Street Sense, in the year you know one of those years where we pick horses and uh, kind of stay with them. Uh, Curlin got sort of the last uh, the last say in the matter in this race. Let's run the replay of the Breeders' Cup Classic in 2007. But Curlin is breathing down his neck. Street Sense literally scraping the paint. But Curlin strikes the front. And Curlin is powerhousing home. Hard spun. Street Sense did not go on. And it's all Curlin in the race of the year for Horse of the Year. It's Curlin in an absolutely stylish performance. Curlin and Robbie Aguilano win it easy to Hard spun. Now that was a year... Curlin was a three-year-old when he won the Breeders' Cup Classic. That was the same year. Uh, you know, what do you uh, make with the three-year-olds? You've you got a pretty good look at them on both sides, uh, on the dirt and on the turf. And I thought the, the three-year-olds have certainly stood out. They're standing out right now. Uh, what do you think was a little tougher when you look at horses even in the Bryan Station today? Mostache and, and uh, more than looks. Was it harder? You know, which do you think one was more competitive than the other on the dirt or on the turf? Uh, I definitely believe that the uh, solid three-year-old crop, but you know, definitely can't compare to the year of Curlin, Street Sense, and Hard Spun. You know, this year going into the Classic with uh, the three-year-olds taking turns, um, obviously. You know, at the older horses, heard you speak with Stidham about proxy before older horses. A very interesting year. What a wide, op wide open race. I think with the Breeders' Cup being out in California, a uh, different setting. You know, who, who's going to show up, run their race? White Barrio being out there, acclimated. Um, I do think that uh, if he gets away from them, uh, there'll be no catching him. But uh, that's yet to be seen. Your horses in the Breeders' Cup this year of Good Night, Society, and, and Clarier, uh, these are all either Curlins or Gunrunners, uh, you know, horses that you won the Breeders' Cup Classic with. Uh, you know, I, I know you would have liked to had Echo Zulu, who uh, suffered an injury, was retired after a, a workout earlier uh, this month, your Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies winner. But, uh, you know, t what's the latest with uh, your chances and your thoughts with Goodnight Society and Clarier? As you mentioned, uh, obviously extremely proud of the fact that they are uh, the offspring of Gunrunner and Curlin, horses that we had success in the Breeders' Cup with. And that is you know, a story of horse racing. You don't get cats from dogs. But... Uh, <laughs> Just they're wonderful, wonderful opportunities. Very accomplished horses, all of them uh, Grade One winners, and uh, feel that these that, that they're ready for these spots. And uh, obviously, you know, possible uh, championship honors on the line for all of them.
Yeah, Clarier uh, has two grade ones this year already to go with some previous uh, previous ones. That's your your curling going in the uh, in the distaff. Distaff. And then uh, you have good night in the Breeders' Cup Sprint. Um, right. With the forego and Aristides, and of course a hopeful winner from from uh, last year, and then uh, Society who uh, won up at Charlestown uh, earlier this year uh, in the Philly and Mare Sprint. So, uh, yeah, all, all teed up, ready to go. Uh, your Breeders' Cup Classic win, the last time you won it was in this race with Gunrunner. Let's, uh, let's take a listen to this race call. Gunrunner and Collected as they make their way to the top of the stretch in the Breeders' Cup Classic. They're into the stretch and it's Collected and Gunrunner. They've been battling since the gates opened. Gunrunner's got the lead. Collected West Coast is bearing down on them on the outside. Final 16th. Gunrunner reaching for the wire. Collected's alongside and then comes West Coast and War Story. But Gunrunner's on top of the world. He wins the Breeders' Cup Classic over Collected then came West Coast, followed by War Story. Arrowgate was coming late, but too late. The final time was 2 minutes 1.29 seconds. Had to get a couple of your shouts there from the NBC video. <laughs> Wasn't exactly Jenna Antonucci, <laughs> but it was pretty close. Nope. Uh, what's it like to win a race like that? Uh, it, you can't, that's pride. Um you spend so much time with these horses. They do so much for us. I've al I've always said, you know, uh, it's amazing how you can feel about yourself by an accomplishment of a horse. And but it just you're just so proud of the of the the horse for showing up when it matters most. And I think that you know you've spoke of Curlin, listen to his replay of the Breeders' Cup Classic, and then Gunrunner himself and just uh, be fortunate and blessed enough to be associated with those two horses how significant they are as race horses and how the if if even possible better as sires as good as it gets and the you know, proudest thing i can possibly be is the fact that we were associated with them yeah yeah well they uh they showed up and we appreciate you showing up today on off to the races uh good luck next week good night society and clarier in uh, the breeders yep, Cup races. And, uh, we gotta we gotta get gigante there today this afternoon in the ryan station before next week and uh hopefully he's back in the winter circle yeah no absolutely gonna gonna have a, a ticket won't have to be a big one because he'll be at a price <laughs> and uh that's just the way we like it <laughs> That's in him too. Absolutely. Steve Asmussen joining us on Off to the Races. Thanks a lot, Steve. Appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, Steve joining us. We're going to go to break here on Off to the Races, a little bit of an extended first segment. When we come back, uh, we'll catch up with Frank Vespi, a little uh, catch up with uh, a little muddy waters. Uh, it's still muddy for the Breeders' Cup. We'll try and clear some things up on the other side, living the dream. Dan Chansky as well. You're listening to Off to the Races, powered by theracingbiz.com. 
Christmas racing is back at Shenandoah Downs in Woodstock. This fall for a big seven-week season that continues every weekend afternoon through the end of October. Watch, wager, and win ten times daily. This Saturday, October 21st, is Armed Forces and Veterans Day with a free program and $2 bet voucher with military ID. Plus, the first 500 fans will receive a free Shenandoah Downs camouflage baseball cap. On Sunday, enjoy $1 hot dogs and $2 canned beer. Shenandoah Downs, where admission and parking are always free. Virginia's horse racing and horse breeding industry is built on the talent, skills, labors, and passions of incredible people working in all parts of the Commonwealth. Horses fuel the economy, power tourism, reinforce agriculture, and create jobs. From farmers to blacksmiths, trainers to vets, and racehorse staff to surrounding businesses, the local horse racing and breeding industry alone supports 5,300 jobs and has an overall impact of $542 million annually. Over 5,400 horses are owned by Virginians and another 2,400 out-of-state horses aborted at Virginia Farms. Last year, over $4 billion was wagered on horse racing in Virginia. Learn more about this thriving agribusiness at virginiahorseracing.com. And be sure to enjoy the Colonial Down Summer Thoroughbred Racing Season in New Kent, which runs from July 13th through September 9th, every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday at 1.30. Live racing at Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races rolls on every Wednesday through Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern through March 1st and every Thursday through Saturday through the month of October. Mark your calendars for Friday, August 25th for the 15th renewals of the Grade 2 $1 million Charlestown Classic and Grade 3 $750,000 Charlestown Oaks, now the richest three-year-old Philly Sprint Stakes race in North America. So come see us here at Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races. Learn more at Hollywood Casino Charles town.com and we're back live on off to the races on this beautiful saturday morning finally get a saturday morning without any rain daryl wood couldn't have said it better they were due up there and uh here in charlottesville and richmond even in maryland it's good to see the sun come out and it's good to see Frank Vespi, come out and join us on Off to the Races. Sitting in this chair uh, last week, as uh, went through a little bit of an excursion across country, uh, Keeneland, and uh, even an OU football game. Uh, it was uh, just a, a needed break. I felt like I finally uh, got relaxed and, and everything. And uh, Frank had to sit here and and handle this chair. Frank joins us now on Off to the Races of Breeders' Cup. Pre-entries are out. And Frank, um, what do you make? I mean, Breeders' Cup is just, I mean, it's it's such a challenge for horse players between all the different wagers. They have the all-dirt pick four, the all-turf pick four, um, the double wagers uh, that are uh, part of the card, the two-day doubles that are real popular. We love uh, uh, seeing like the, uh, what is it, the Juvenile Phillies and the Breeders' Cup Distaff double on two different days. By the way, those two days at Santa Anita, the advanced forecast, uh, only about a one in eight chance of a minor rain event on both days, 75 degrees, the average temperature on both those days. So weather should be perfect out there. What do you make of the uh, Breeders' Cup pre-entries? And thanks for taking this seat last week. 
Uh, good morning, <laughs> Nick. Good to be with you. It's uh, you know my seat, my my general seat, the seat I'm in today, more comfortable than the seat you, uh, I was in last week. So, um, but happy to do it. No, it, it's uh, you know obviously it's always fun. It's a little bit of a you know it's kind of Christmas for horse players when when the Breeders' Cup the pre entries and then the entries come out and always curious to see if there are horses we're familiar with that are that are going to be in the pre-entries and and this year it turns out there are a couple there's uh, a air recruit who won the laurel futurity there's talk talk who won the kitten's joy at colonial Motion. there's yep. there's uh full Mineo, another arno delacour horse who's a maryland bred so there are definitely there's definitely going to be a couple of rooting interests in there for for the locals and of course we all remember I, I guess it was the first year back for Colonial when um, when uh, Four Wheel Drive won the won the Rosies and then won the Juvenile Turf Sprint. So uh, and then of course Sharing won the the Salima Laurel and then won the Juvenile Phillies Turf. So there is some precedent for two year olds coming through these local races and going on to do good things. So. Uh, you know, it's an exciting moment from that perspective. Look forward to seeing how those horses stack up against the the national, uh, the heavy heads. With the Triple Crown largely being held in the east, and the weather usually being so nice out in California, there, there's been pushes over the years that the Breeders' Cup should always be in California. I don't know if I fully, I'd still like it being moved around a, a little bit, but there are definite advantages to being in California. And one of them is, especially when you look at the two-day event, which starts 2 o'clock Pacific time, but 5 o'clock Pacific time on Friday, or Eastern time, I should say, uh, this year, with the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf, the Juvie races uh, being held on uh, on Friday, and then Saturday coming back, and in, in the first Breeders' Cup race is uh, is two thirty uh, Eastern time. So I, I mean, it's it does make a little bit of sense of for you know the Breeders' Cup to be held out in California. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm with you. I think it should move around because it kind of is our Super Bowl in horse racing, and you know you wouldn't want the Super Bowl always to be contested in the same place, but. Um, you know, there, there, there's something to be said for holding it in places where the weather is usually perfect. And having been, excuse me, to a couple of uh, Breeders' Cups at Churchill Downs, uh, you know, it could get cold there, and and uh, it gets obviously it gets dark as it gets later. And so there, there's certainly arguments for California. And I, like you, I'd like to see um, see it sort of on a circuit and move around, but. Um, obviously, Southern Cal's got to get a fair share of those. What are uh, what are the, some of the angles you're looking at at the, at the Breeders' Cup going into it? TV coverage will be uh, on Friday. It'll be from uh, four to eight uh, on USA Network and Fan FanDuel TV, and then on Saturday, it, the TV coverage begins at at one thirty Eastern time on. Uh, NBC and, and Peacock, and, and they'll also have extended coverage after the race as well as what, including the two uh, Breeders' Cup races. But what are what are some of the angles that that you anticipate following through the uh, through the Breeders' Cup, especially with the Classic? 
Well, I, obviously one of them is going to be trying not to go broke. So, uh, <laughs> you know, we'll be working on that. Um, I, you know, the classic, it, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, the, the older horses are, you know, kind of just horses. So is it going to be a year for the three-year-olds? Is it going to be Archangelo? I mean, we'll look forward to seeing that. I think a, a huge storyline is going to be the Europeans and, and Japanese horses coming over. They they had a great year last year, and I think there's reason to think they should be major players again this year, obviously, particularly in the turf racing, but uh, be interesting to see what kind of impact they make on the dirt races as well. So I think that's something um, something that we'll certainly be keeping an eye on. Yeah, up to the mark uh, for uh, Mike Rapoli, Todd Pletcher, one of the um, bigger uh, U.S. interests, uh, perhaps, in the uh, in the Breeders' Cup turf. You mentioned uh, Archangelo. What kind of year would it be for Jenna Antonucci if she wins the Belmont Stakes, the Travers, and the, and the Breeders' Cup Classic with uh, a horse that we didn't even do in April wasn't much on people's radar a horse you liked of uh, you know coming up through uh, the, the 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 belmont stakes uh, it would be a, a tremendous accomplishment for her to get this uh, breeders cup classic oh absolutely and I, I think you know one of the things that this demonstrates and one hopes that owners take note is there's a lot of people out there who can train a horse to win a big race and and jen is obviously one of them uh but there are a lot you know you don't have to send your horses to todd pletcher and chad brown and brad cox or steve asmussen who you just had i mean those guys are all really good no question about it but they're not the only good trainers and they're not the only trainers who can get a horse into a big race and so it's good to see somebody uh, kind of outside the standard group get a chance like that you always root for kind of the underdog and and uh, I one hopes that that leads more owners to think about that and think about who else might be a good person to train my horses in the in the Breeders Cup Classic and we'll go through this with Derby Bill in, in detail next week three-year-old Arabian Knight Bob Baffert three-year-old Archangelo, Jenna Antonucci, a, a four-year-old bright future for uh, Todd Pletcher, Charge It, Clapton, both uh, four-year-olds. Going back to Derma Setogaki uh, as a three-year-old, dreamlike for Todd Pletcher, uh, Go Rocket Ride, three-year-old. I mean, they're King of Steel, three-year-old. Mage, the Kentucky Derby winner, three-year-old. Uh, missed the cut, who could miss the cut, <laughs> as he's on the uh, also eligible, basically on the also eligible list. Proxy, we talked about, Saudi Crown. This, this A lot of these three-year-olds weren't even in the Triple Crown. Uh, Skippy Longstocking, a horse we know from the Triple Crown. Senior Buscato, uh, Ush uh, Tesoro, uh, this veteran at uh, six-year-old White of and Zandon so uh, that to me that's one of the most interesting stories about the Breeders Cup is seeing uh, the three-year-olds go up against the older horses this is one of their better opportunities in years no I I completely agree with that I think this is a big chance for a three-year-old to to win this race and I one of the other storylines we didn't touch on is going to be Derby Bill pronouncing Derma Sotogake <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, well, that that one's actually Japanese, or you know, it's not like when he pronounces the Dubai horses in a Japanese accent. <laughs> it's all Greek to Derby, Phil, but we always look forward to uh, his analysis of the Breeders' Cup. So, uh, it'll be fun to have him back on the air as well to uh, get his uh, his insights into these races. But uh, no, you're right. It's gonna. It's a. I think it's a. I imagine that um, the three-year-old's probably going to be favored. I, I guess Archangelo may well go favored in this race. Yeah. Any um, any news from the racing biz this this week uh, of note? Uh, and any features coming up uh, Breeders' Cup wise? Uh, we'll certainly be looking at some Breeders' Cup stuff. Some things uh, related to you know horses coming through the local races. You know, I think Air Recruit is scheduled to have his final work. He either had it yesterday or he has it today, and they're supposed to ship out, I believe, tomorrow. Um, so look forward to that, and uh, uh, we'll we'll be we'll do something with the breeders of uh, Fulmineo. That's Country Life Farm. So a couple of things there, and got a racing commission meeting this weekend and always curious to see what's coming next from the racetrack operating authority you know the old curse is may you live in interesting times and right now in in maryland and horse racing these are pretty interesting times yeah for more on that by the way four more go to four men who is on your uh podcast here on the racingbiz.com frank interviewed alan foreman for the maryland show uh, up in baltimore so uh to get to get some insight there just excellent uh in terms of addressing issues and and, and explaining them and uh really a, a great uh, ambassador to, to understand what's happening in Maryland. Frank, we appreciate it. Good luck. And uh, we'll talk to you next week for the uh, season ending show. Uh, start handicapping, what, 9.30 uh, Monday night? That's it. <laughs> Got to give us the entries and then we'll start rolling. But uh, yeah, thanks, Nick. Look forward to talking with you next week. And uh, winding it down, coming to the final show. We're we're uh, you know inside the furlong grounds here, so look forward to uh, catching up next week. Absolutely, Frank Vespi, living the dream. Uh, Racingbiz.com, uh, your source for independent coverage of horse racing in the Mid Atlantic. Uh, and yeah, that Breeders' Cup draw coming up uh, Monday night and uh yeah have money in your uh, advanced deposit wagering accounts uh, ready for it uh you don't want to be messing with that on on thursday or friday this time next week we'll recap we'll be recapping all the uh future champions um as part of future stars friday on breeders cup friday we'll have all those uh, race calls and hopefully there'll be uh, some of these uh, colonial maybe it's no name mets uh you know maybe some of these other horses um talk talk uh we'll be talking about hopefully next week and we'll be previewing we will have an extend extended coverage of race of breeders cup uh, handicapping with derby bill uh been sitting on that one for a while and really looking forward to uh to having that uh joining us now uh, while we're talking about the thoroughbred championships next week at santa anita here in virginia there's some harness racing standard bred championships eight divisions 
uh, two-year-olds, three-year-olds, paces and trots, and uh, one of the horse owners and breeders uh, that is interested, especially tomorrow, even though more of them are racing today, is Dan Chansky, who now joins us on Off to the Races. Uh, I'm sure he's up at Woodstock today, but spends a lot of time at his Keysville farm here in Virginia. And uh, Dan, thanks for uh, joining us on Off to the Races this morning. Yeah, hey, good morning. Thanks for inviting me on. I appreciate it. Um, big day today in front of you. Uh, I was trying to go through and 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 all you know. Do you think and midnight Matt? You know, we can't confirm whether he was named for uh, Matt Joseph, our board operator at the moment. <laughs> uh, Mickey, uh, better a cash. I mean, some of these horses uh, running today. But uh, the one I think. Let me put it to you this way: Would you trade six wins today for one win tomorrow, or vice versa? You know, if you had your choice. Uh, you know, that's a good question. I, I think if I was a little younger, I, I'd say that I'd try and take them all if I could. But, uh, you know, uh, after doing this for a while, I just want all the horses and, uh, you know, men and women to get out of it nice and safe and just have fun. I mean, it's going to have a good day today. Uh, tell us just a, maybe a little bit about your your breeding, oper- your uh, ownership operation and, you know, your your standard bread farm in Keysville. Uh, you know, give us a little bit of background on, on what you do, your entry in the standard bread racing, and, and uh, how important this meet at Shenandoah Downs has been for you. All right. Well, I mean, I'll try not to get too carried away. Uh, well, <laughs> I actually uh, I actually don't do the horses full time. Um, you know, I grew up around them, and I was born and raised in the you know, Virginia area. Um, I uh, got my license back when I was a teenager as far as being a trainer and stuff. And um, But, you know, I just kind of grew up on a farm, and I ended up taking a different career path. I actually work full-time, and I'm actually a technician for Porsche in the Richmond area, and I work Monday through Friday. But having the horses, you're basically on call seven days a week. Um, I had stepped away from racing for a little while, and probably about 2017, 2018, I decided to get back involved, and I started with one horse, and here we are at the end of 2023, and I think last time I checked, um, I think I'm between 50 and 60 horses at the moment, uh, all by my lonesome. Um, I have a stable based out of Delaware, and I also have another stable based out in Ohio that races that circuit uh, with two of my partners. Um, Everything's pretty much all me. Uh, at the farm in Keysville, it's actually my father's place. I've been trying to find a farm, but in today's market and economy, it's been a little tough finding something that meets all the needs. Uh, but I got about 20 or 30 uh, head there at the farm in Keysville. Um, kind of just run the operation with my dad a little bit. He's a little older and in his 70s. He's actually a double below the knee amputee with uh, two prosthetics. But, uh, you know, he, he finds joy in having the mothers and babies there and uh, just kind of having something to do, so it keeps him busy, I guess, plenty to do. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's like, it's just funny how over the years, basically, you went from having one or two, and like I said, having 50 to 60, I never really, until I actually counted the numbers, I didn't even think it was that much, but um, I'm sure when my wife watches the uh, the checks go out, <laughs> she uh, tends to remind me from time to time. Tell us about some of the names. It's always interesting the names, but you know one of your horses running tomorrow is uh, 
I don't give a chuck, and I dare you to tick me off. And uh, you have, uh, yeah, I dare you to tick me off. You have a little fun naming these uh, horses. <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, well, sometimes it can be a little bit of a challenge because I believe uh, we only have 17 characters that we can use. And so I try to take advantage of utilizing all 17. And I know some people, uh, you know, enjoy naming them after their bloodline or the pedigree and or uh, maybe just something that they find special to them or that they can relate to. Uh, sometimes for me, I just enjoy just having fun with the names and, you know, trying to be a little different, have one that stands out because... I know for some of the folks that come to the races and everything, uh, you know, whether it's thoroughbreds or harness, uh, you know, when they look at a program, even if you're someone that doesn't know how to read each line and understand everything that's on that page, some people just enjoy, you know, going through the names and saying, hey, you know, just pick one that stands out to you. And uh, sometimes I just, when I make those names or try to come up with something, uh, it's just as simple as that. It's just, hey, I want somebody to say, hey, you know, that horse right there stands out to me. I want to bet on that one. You know what I mean? And uh, sometimes it's just as simple as that. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, that makes yours sort of stand out a little bit more. And, uh, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, be, uh, we'll be backing them a little bit and maybe getting a little extra money on I don't give a chuck uh, in the finale uh, tomorrow. Um, I'll, I'll have to say that very carefully. <laughs> Dan, thanks for uh, joining us on Off to the Races. Good luck on closing weekend at Shenandoah Downs, Shenatoga, as I refer to it because it's just beautiful up there and uh appreciate you joining us on off to the races this morning well thanks for having me folks i really appreciate it and uh we'll see how the weekend goes yeah great we'll uh try and recap some of those dan chansky uh owner trainer breeder standard bread uh looking at their big uh closing weekend most of those races um, somewhere between eighty to eighty-five thousand in purse money at Shenandoah Downs. Who would have ever thought a place uh, like that existed? Now it's uh, hosting championship races. Want to thank everybody uh, on the show. We had Daryl Wood, Michael Stidham, uh, Steve Asmussen, Frank Vespi, Dan Chansky, and we'll be going to California next week talking about the Breeders' Cup picks with Derby Bill. Appreciate having uh, you listen to our show, and good luck, JMU, tonight against ODU for our Harrisonburg listeners, and uh, talk to you next week post-time. Off to the races, 10 o'clock.